Hello, everybody, and welcome into this edition of the Sports Detective Podcast. I am your host, James Williams, and today I talk to Robert Reynolds, who is one of the hosts of the DGD Podcast, a podcast focusing on Georgia Bulldog football. We talked to Robert about Georgia's undefeated 2022 football season so far. We preview the playoff. What will be the reason that Georgia wins in the playoff and becomes back-to-back national champions? And what might be the reason that they will get upset? Which team stands the best chance to actually upset Georgia? Robert's answer might surprise you. We also talk about Stetson Bennett. Did he deserve to be one of the top four Heisman finalists behind Max Duggan, Caleb Williams, and C.J. Stroud? We talk all of that and more coming at you right now. All right, joining us is Robert Reynolds, the host of the Damn Good Dog podcast, a Georgia podcast. Uh, Robert, I want to talk about Georgia this year because coming off last season, you win the national championship. You have 15 players drafted in the NFL, five defensive players drafted in the first round. Ohio State looks like they're going to be uh, more of a contender this year than they were than last. Alabama looks like the bare minimum they improved in some areas, maybe got more experience in some areas. Coming off of last year's season, what were the expectations for this team heading into 2022? I think I think the expectations for Georgia, knowing the guys that we had at the time, right? You look at Jordan Davis, Trayvon Walker, right, Nicobe Dean, all these guys, we knew. Like we, our expectations were to get, you know, to get to the playoffs. I, I think that's every year at this point uh, has been since we got in the first playoffs that we did in 2017 under Kirby Smart. Our our goal has since then been to do that. But I think last year was a, a genuine, we need to win this because this is like, it had this feeling of this is our year, right? And if we don't win it, when will we? Um, so looking at last year, right, I think you do have this, like this feeling around the fan base, you know, and done it in Athens and everything that it's a special group of guys and, you know, obviously culminating into a national title. Uh, you know, it, it was one of those things where I think you could see the whole state of Georgia just kind of take a deep breath. You know, it's 40 years off your back. Uh, 1980 jokes has just been ridiculous for so long. And, and for the most part, now you don't really, you know, now you don't have to worry about that because you, you got one in 2021. Stetson Bennett, I think he was looked at as the weak link of of the team, especially last year. It was kind of like, hey, we've been seeing teams like Clemson with Trevor Lawrence or Clemson with Deshaun Watson or the Alabama Brigade with their, um, you know, weapons of Bryce Young and Mac Jones, Tua, all the dozens of receivers that they've had come through here. It was kind of like, how can a team in this level of college football when if the quarterback is you know his ceiling nfl ceiling is maybe i don't know a backup or maybe kind of like a journeyman starter can you talk about like how important stetson bennett actually is to the success of this football team because i think georgia fans actually view him as very valuable versus the outside opinion of what he actually is you know, I think I think Stetson looking at last year, if I'm not mistaken, last year, you know, everybody, you know, there was outside of Athens and you know, even some of the Georgia fans thought, you know, and kind of knew that the defense was gonna be the 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 you know, the 
milestone type thing to help us propel us into the national title game and win it. Um, but Stetson's extremely important uh, to this team. Um, you know, there's arguments to be made back and forth whether, you know, can Georgia sustain success without, uh, you know, without him. And, and, you know, last year, right, you had JT Daniels on your team or when we were going, and, and then Stetson kind of just took over and just rolled from there. So, you know, even like after the SEC championship game even, right, and before we, you know, waited for the playoffs against Michigan, there was a portion of the fan base and a lot of national media was sitting there talking, oh, it's time to make the change. And, and uh, you know, obviously you're going to see that, but at the same time, it's like he, he got us here whether, you know, he had a he had a tough stretch a little bit, but it wasn't like over you know too daunting, right? I, I think, like I said, the defense did help uh, help there, um, you know. But then you sit there and you see like just how important, and the guys loved him. The guys, like all the players, love him. You know, like Nolan Smith, that's our guy. Like th- that means something, right? Like that means something. Obviously, we're fans. You know, they play. But when you have when you have players and Nolan is a very vocal guy going out and saying that's our guy, that's it. That's telling to me. At least it was to me at the time. So at that point, I kind of just bought in on it. Like if they want to play, if if they want to do that, and you know the guys want to play for him, they'll you know they will. Let's just see what happens, right? Uh, and then you see in the national title game, right? You you kind of see that redemption, if you will, where you know he struggles for a little bit, has that fumble that crazy looking fumble uh, and then next thing you know he's throwing a touchdown pass to A.D. Mitchell that's arguably one of the better catches I've seen in a national title game and then obviously the rest is history it's just I don't know it was just a fun thing to see but Stetson's a very crucial part of this offense and of this team you know the guys want to play for him do you think that Stetson Bennett deserved to be one of the top four finalists for the Heisman ah the good old question there that's a great debate you know I mean, I've heard different sides of things, and I, I and I see both sides of things, right? I think you look at, you know, is he the best player on our team? In my opinion, no, but he's Jalen Carter is. Jalen Carter is a freak of nature, but when it comes to it, in the offense, I think that's where you have to really take a look at it because in our biggest games this year, right? You look at Oregon, you look at Tennessee. When we've needed him to step up the most, boy, has he delivered. He, he It's just <clears> – <throat> and even against – we lost team in making it to the SEC championship. Four touchdowns, right, like an SEC championship game. The accolades are starting to pile up, right? You're, you're well on your way to <clears> – <throat> excuse me – you know, another national title run. I think it's okay. I think it's okay that he's there. Uh, now, give me Stequavius over Stetson, though. Stequavius is a different beast. But, you know, I understand you got to – there's always going to be people that are snubbed, and the statistics and things like that will, you know, will say whatever and, and tell your story. But I, I just think that he's been super – like, I guess you could say hypercritical for this offense. You needed him. Um, he's made plays. Look at Tennessee, that first touchdown run. And I think a lot of people don't pay attention to those things, you know, in, in modern day, you know, Heisman ballots and things like that. People look at passing yards, things like that. What 
look at the importance of the things that he's done in biggest games of the season for Georgia. And I think, you know, whether he deserves it, I doubt he wins it. But it's just one of those things where his story on top of the kid's a baller. Like, you know, well, he was originally like a walk on, wasn't he? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. PWO, right? Preferred walk on at Georgia, goes to Juco, right? Leaves Georgia, goes to Juco, comes back on full scholarship. And then, you know, series of, you know, events happen. And now you're looking at a situation where, you know, here we are. And there's a funny stat that I think you might like. I don't know if anyone outside of Georgia knows this. You know, there was this like, internal debate about, you know, Fromm and Fields, if you will, back in the day. I don't know if you remember this. Well, Justin Fields transferred, obviously goes to Ohio State. You know, I didn't pay attention to this until later, but the scholarship spot that opened up when Justin Fields left, would you like to take a gander on who got that scholarship? I'm guessing you're leading me into saying Stetson Bennett. Yes, sir. So things work out, right? I, I, it's just, I know that's a fun little tidbit, but it's not like it's not everything. But the dude is the baller, man. And, and I, I've had, you know, on our show, we've had guys that's played with him, right? Uh, former Georgia linebacker uh, Nate McBride tell, was telling us a story his first year when he was on the practice squad. They were getting ready for the uh, Rose Bowl. Uh, obviously, when that was when we played uh, Oklahoma. And that was when they had Baker Mayfield and everything like that. And you kind of know what Baker Mayfield was about, right? You're a big 12 guy. Um, but one of the things that was intriguing to me is if you're familiar with Roquan Smith, that was arguably our best linebacker, best player on that team. Yeah, he, Nate was telling us a story about Stetson making him look stupid in practice, like completely just made him just fall to his knees. And I, at that point, you're just like, oh, wow. <laughs> but you, nobody sees that, right? Nobody saw that. Um, but it's just, it's just a, it's a feel good story on top of the kid can ball, man. So that's just where I'm at with that. Transitioning to the game coming up at the end of the month here, Georgia six and a half point favorite over Ohio state. You have possibly the best offense in the country. If not the best, it's one of the top five offenses in the country versus probably the top defense in the country. Again, if not the top, top two or three. What do you think the keys are for Georgia in the matchup against Ohio State to win that game? Uh, like, what do they need to do right to win that game? Well, first, you know, I think everybody wants to look at the matchup as being Ohio State's offense versus Georgia's defense. I'm on the opinion that it needs to be looked at the other way. <clears throat> first off, play your brand of offense. Georgia's a physical team, physically, you know, physical, extremely physical on offense, but it's not just your Georgia of old where you just run, 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 run. No, that's not how that works. Georgia has to execute on offense, move the ball, be physical, play your brand of offense, and test Ohio State's defense to stop it. Uh, but defensively, right, I think defensively, you know, without, without Jackson Smith and Jigba, the whole optics of this game has kind of changed a little bit because – you know, prior to you were expecting him to play. And, you know, from a Georgia's perspective, you know, we've got Keely Ringo, we've got Kamari Laster, we've got these guys, you know, Chris Smith and uh, Malachi Starks in the back, you know, in the backfield there uh, in the secondary. But, you know, how do you game plan against the guys like Marvin Harrison Jr., right? Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, Mecca Ogbuka, I think that's how you say his name. You know, that's a, that's a load, right? That's a load. 
Uh, so, you know, it kind of gets dampened a, little, dampened a little bit without uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. But I think you've got to, you know, I think you've got to get pressure on C.J. Stroud. And and I think that's going to start with Jalen Carter. Um, Jalen Carter's been the X factor there on defense when he's healthy. Um, best player even last year uh, was the best player on our defense. And I think people are starting to see that as well uh, this year for sure. But I think if you contain or if you if you if you stop the run like you're expected to do and you get pressure to CJ Stroud because he's not necessarily mobile. He's he's more of a kind of one of those quarterbacks that will stand there, uh, which, you know, that helps out a little bit too. get pressure on him and force him out of rhythm and don't let him get comfortable. And I think if you do that on top of offensively, you know, execute your brand of offense. Get Darnell Washington involved. Dude is 6'7", 270, and can go out and catch. Utilize that, which we've started to do more of. And obviously, you have Brock Bowers, which everybody's familiar with. Um, you know, I, I think you can. I think you have a good chance of winning this game. The key part of this, to me, looking at it, was one of the first points that you made, and it's how well is Georgia going to move the ball against Ohio state and can they put up points? I think just looking at how Georgia's played all year, the defense is going to do its thing. And is it going to completely stop Ohio state? Probably not, but I don't think they're going to give up like 40 against them. I don't even know if they'll give up 30. It's how is Stetson Bennett, the tight ends, the running backs, how is this team going to move? And is this going to be more of like the offense that we saw you know, struggle a little bit in the first half against teams like Missouri and Georgia Tech, or is this going to be the offense that, you know, just basically boat raced LSU in the first half of the SEC championship game? I To me, that's the key. Well, I think you look at overall, right? If you look at the overall body of work for this Georgia team this year, right? In games where it's, it's meaningful, extremely meaningful, right? Oregon, um, you look at games like, you know, SEC championship, Tennessee, there's been a correlation where they get up and they they go out and basically just dominate. Whereas in games where there's, you know, it's hard to get up for these games, Georgia Tech, uh, not Georgia Tech, obviously we win convincingly, but we start slow. Uh, you know, Tennessee, or not Tennessee, but um, Missouri and Kent State were ones where you kind of just like slept, walk through it. And obviously, I don't think you can do that in these last two games, right? But if I'm going off of this regular season SEC championship game, I'm under the expectation and and thought that these guys will be ready to go. You know they have a national title insight, and and they're they're going to be laser focused. And I so I think to your point, you do have to make sure that you, you know execute start off fast kind of similar to like you said Oregon different things like that but you can't afford to start off slow against Ohio State yeah I don't I'm under this I don't care exactly if what happened to you know to Michigan right because Michigan and Georgia are two different teams you have to look at it in that sense and I at least I do Um, so you can't afford to start off slow and you have to execute Uh, so I'm under the belief that we will uh, you know, I don't think we start off slow, things like that, but it, ultimately it boils down to execution. And I think you can do that. So Georgia is obviously the 
odds on favorite right now. I don't know if they you can gamble in Georgia, but if you go I you can in Iowa. If you go into the gambling apps, I think they're like minus one twenty favorite, and then Michigan's plus like one twenty or something, then Ohio State's like plus three hundred or something. Out of all the teams in the playoff, who do you think is gonna give make the Georgia coaching staff or even you, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and, you know, worry at all about like, who do you think, who are you most worried about that will stand in Georgia's path of repeating and becoming back-to-back champions? I mean, I look at it, I might be different here. My, my opinion may vary differently, but I think you have to look at a team like TCU because they can stretch the field vertically they have a mobile quarterback that can hurt you on the run. I think when you have that culmination, it can be interesting because the way to, I, I feel like the way to beat Georgia, you have to stretch the field vertically and trust that your receivers can beat our guys one-on-one. Now, Ohio State has those receivers that can do that, but I think the aspect of C.J. Stroud not necessarily being a like a mobile quarterback, a running quarterback as much. I think that looks a little bit different in a sense where Max Duggan, you know, like he can throw the ball down the field. He's he's shown that tendency to stretch the field. But you also look at a situation where, you know, you can sit there and you have to account for that run, running quarterback. Now, Georgia's fared well against situations like this before. You know, Hendon Hooker was one of those threats. Uh, Jane Daniels was one of those threats. Uh, and Georgia's handled that well. But I do think that TCU could pose a threat there uh, based off of the the diversity of the offense. Now, obviously, we know that you know, I would say the Ohio State's run game is better when healthy. I think you look at their receivers are better. You know, but the offensive scheme, right, like – Ohio State's also you got to run the ball. And I think Georgia, you have to be able to get Georgia to respect your run game so that you can sit there and and start hitting over the back. Because if you if you can't, that allows Georgia to sit five back. And if if they win with six guys and they put five back on three or four of your receivers, it's going to be a long day. I just think that that's the case. So I know my I know my opinion probably varies. Um, I look at Michigan being kind of a the same team the from a chemistry and, and from a composition standpoint. But, you know, ultimately I think Max Duggan could be interested if we were to play him. I think it would, it would very, it would be very intriguing to me to see how, how everything worked there. I, I know their defensives, you know, they've given up points, but then they wore back, but you know, that offense, I think, you know, Ohio state and TCU would be the two that I think, but I think TCU could be sneaky there. That's an interesting answer. I was not expecting a TCU answer to that question. Cause again, you probably feel a little confident over Michigan because you beat them last year. And the idea is that like Georgia's just a better version of kind of what Michigan does. One more question I have for you here is do you think the game, the Peach Bowl, which is the game that Georgia's playing in against Ohio State for people at home? Do you think that game being in Atlanta, does playing in Atlanta, like, is it some sort of, like, home field advantage for Georgia? Because it's, like, what, an hour, hour and a half from campus? It's it's roughly an hour to an hour and 15, depending on traffic. But um, the two games that we've played there, you know, it's been predominantly Georgia fans, right? Um, 
but I, you know, in my opinion, I expect this game to, or the audience or the crowd, I should say, I think there's more of a closer split than people want to think it might be. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people in Ohio State that's been and Georgia fans alike. We've been waiting to play Ohio State. Like I think last year, people wanted this matchup more than what we wanted to see this year. Um, but nonetheless, you know, you look at this right here, Georgia. I think you're going to see a favor, right, of fans and you know in Georgia. Um, now, how much did the Pete? You know, obviously the Peach Bowl is a playoff game, whereas you know people looked at the SEC championship game, you know, and then wanting to spend that money to go there and then come right back to Atlanta. Uh, yeah, listen, Georgia fans, man, they travel and it don't matter if it's, you know, an hour down the road. You know, I don't know if you remember 2019 uh, Notre Dame or 2017 Notre Dame, excuse me. Um, Georgia travels extremely well. Uh, so I wouldn't expect it to be an issue, um, but you have to look at the, you know, the third you know, the market, right? You have to look at the market for these tickets because everybody has a fair shot at these. So you get allocations and things like that. And, and I expect Ohio State fans to to take that for what it's worth and roll with it. It just makes too much sense to do that. That makes a lot of sense. But like, do you have a, like what's George's record under Kirby smart in the uh, Mercedes Benz? Isn't it like, cause they've had to play there like five or six times, right? Well, you look in the sec championship game and the interesting thing is when, when Georgia plays Alabama and we played them, well, we played them and lost three times. We lost, two SEC championships and a natty in, in that same building against Alabama. Uh, but when, you know, looking back at 2017 playing Auburn, right. It's dominated. Uh, obviously SEC championship uh, game. We dominated uh, Oregon dominated uh, North Carolina. I think back in 2016, if I'm not mistaken, was one of those things too, where Georgia wins that game. So if it's not Alabama, you know, you, you have a good shot to win this game. Um, you know, but at the same time, like, like I said, it's playoffs. Yeah, it's playoff football, and I trust Kirby and and that staff to get those guys as focused as possible and as ready as possible. And I think at that point, you just you know what you need to do: go out there, play your Georgia football, and see where it takes you. Well, they're going to have a pretty damn good shot of winning the national championship this year, I think. So, really good shot of repeating. All right, Robert, do you want to tell us uh, where we can? listen to your podcast or watch it on YouTube and then we'll get out of here. Absolutely. Uh, first off again, thanks for having me on, but um, you can find us on our social, uh, social handles, uh, Twitter, Instagram uh, at the DGD podcast. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, that's youtube.com uh, forward slash the DGD podcast. Uh, if you forget these links, listen, just go to check out our website as well. Uh, DGDpodcast.com, And that's got everything you need to see and more. Uh, myself, uh, Juan Daniels, former Georgia receiver, just sit there every, you know, Monday, Wednesday for now, Monday, Friday, depending on off season, if you will, but just, uh, chopping it up, you know, talking Georgia football, recruiting, uh, obviously during, you know, portal, listen, this portal's ridiculous. So, you know, got, got some stuff going on there. Um, obviously Georgia's in recruiting the national signing day. So lots of, lots of content still to be talked about and discussed. So, uh, expect it to be a busy uh, month or two. Perfect. Thanks again. Absolutely. Thanks. Okay, that's going to do it for the podcast today. Thanks again to Robert Reynolds. Thanks again for you guys for listening. If you want to follow me on Twitter, my handle is JD Major 2 
If you want to follow me on Instagram, I'll post podcast episode updates frequently on there. We'll also post it on the Twitter feed. And again, please rate, review, subscribe. Uh, Go back and listen to previous episodes if you enjoyed this one. Subscribe to the podcast if you want updates on new episodes coming. We have another one coming tomorrow with a recurring guest, a repeat guest, and he will be talking about an certain sec team that he is covering so again thank you very much for listening as always i will see you next time